Hey y'all, it's Robin Reckla, the one and the only, and this is my first episode of I Wish Someone Would. I am so stinking excited, y'all. Like, you guys have no idea. I have wanted to do a podcast for so long, probably been about three years now, actually, when I got the bright idea one day, and I'll get to how it came to be. You can say that right now in my life, I am a total podcast junkie, but it wasn't until recently when my branding coach Ari said, you're doing this, Robin. And if you know Ari, she doesn't request, she tells you and you do. (laughs) It's like that mom that just inflicts that fear with a look. That's Ari. So because it's something I have been wanting to do for so long, I already had spiral notebooks of ideas. I knew exactly what I wanted to talk about. I knew what the topic, like what was the um, subject going to be, all of those things. But check it out. I still had 7,422 excuses why I couldn't do it. Yep. I was my own biggest obstacle. So ultimately, it takes a village. And y'all, my village is pretty fucking badass. They knew that by pushing me, no, 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 stop. They didn't push me. They fucking shoved me into believing in myself and taking a risk on myself that I would feel more confident. I would feel lighter. I would feel more accomplished. They knew I needed it. So let's see how much dumb shit I can say on this podcast moving forward to honor them and their belief in me. I mean, basically, that's me every day in life anyway. So let's start here. This is going to be my first and my only apology. It's a blanket apology to my family. I'm sorry. And it's a sorry, I'm not sorry apology to those it may offend. See, I don't have any fucks to give. I think I mentioned that before. I have literally stood outside with my hand out in front of me, waiting for one to fall out of the sky, and it never does. So I'm done waiting. Y'all get one apology in advance. That's it. That's all you're getting. Now let the fun begin. All right. So my intentions with this podcast are pretty simple. They are to share the lessons that I have learned through my life's experiences. And if y'all don't know anything about me, please know this one thing. I am, in fact, that mom that drops F-bombs and then turn around and kiss my kids goodnight with this mouth. If you want to be a Judy, totally fine. I will, of course, bless your heart and I will keep being me. I highly encourage for you to follow me on Instagram or Facebook because it'll also give you a little bit more of a glimpse into who I am. It'll probably make things make a little more sense sometimes. Let me give you all a quick glimpse, though, into my life for those of you who don't know me. Let's start with why the fuck I wanted to do a podcast. What do I think is so important about Robin that I have to share it with everybody? Well, I've literally lived two lives. Yep, I'm only 45 years old. No, 45 years young. Let's correct that. My first life. Let me exhale that shit out. 
shame, fear, devastation, trauma, clumsy, awkward, pathetic. Those are all, that's all the shit that I would describe my first life with. And that at times made me not want to wake up the next morning. Yep, that dark. And trust that some of that shit was self-inflected y'all. Definitely. But I've also lived on the other side of that. The bright side, like right now, there is not a single person's life I envy at all. I am in perfect contentment and peace with where I'm at right now. I had to walk through a lot of shit to get here. And it takes a lot of courage to reinvent yourself. And sometimes this, you got to do it more than once. It was a few years ago when my podcast idea was born. It was one day I got an email from Shutterfly. And I actually opened it because I get emails from Shutterfly all the time. And I just spam them, right? Well, this one had memories from years prior in it. It was pictures, videos, and it was my blog link about my eat, pray, love trip to Spain years earlier. I went alone and I went to find me, the real Robin Reckla. I had finally realized I was lost as fuck. I just, it was that fight or flight. I had to, at flight, I had to get the fuck out. I had to go find me. It was after a breakup that rocked my world so bad, I didn't even know how I was gonna keep going. Honestly, I didn't even want to. That's a different episode though, y'all. So back to this email. I blogged and I loved it and I remembered it. And I was back in that moment and all those little internet cafes throughout Madrid and Barcelona and Granada. Like I knew that I needed to do it again. Current day blogs without being a blog is a podcast. Here we are. I've stood in my own way in creating this. A year ago, I was hiding. I was still living in that pain and that shame of my past and what would the Karens say and what would people think and this and that. You know, all the bullshit that you tell yourself. Yeah, the lies you tell yourself. For one, y'all, no one is fucking perfect. And if they tell you they are, run far, run fast, never look back. So let me tell you a little about my story. This is just not too deep, but we'll go here. So I grew up going back and forth between both sides of my family. Mom's side was in San Jose, California, and dad's was in Milano, Texas. My bio parents, whom you will quite often hear me refer to as sperm donor and uterus donor, they're real pieces of work. Drugs, alcohol, you name it. All the trailer park type of behavior you can think of. That was them, all rolled up into one. They, I don't even remember them ever being together. Um, my, my dad was 25, my mom was 17, so they weren't together where I can start remembering. I lived with my maternal grandparents a lot in Cali, on and off all the time. Uh, but in Texas, I lived with my great aunt and my cousins, and God knows it was where I got the love I needed, the nurturing, and it was where I really wanted to be, which is probably why uterus donor didn't want me there. 
I was always such a tomboy growing up. Who'd have thought? Um, not super girly. To this day, I've never learned to make put on makeup. I have a girlfriend, Brittany, and every time I talk about makeup and fashion, she cringes. And I can feel her cringing even if it's through a text message. Um, I had to be a tomboy growing up because I wasn't cute. I primarily went to school in Cali, and every single family member I lived with, they smoked. So I was the kid who stank like cigarette smoke, had a bad haircut, et cetera, et cetera. So I had to be good at everything I did. In class, I was picture perfect overachiever. I had amazing grades. I knew the answer to everything on the playground. Y'all, I was the queen of dodgeball and handball, tetherball, anything, you name it. I think this is where the beginning of setting myself up for failure started to happen. I had these incredible expectations of myself because in my mind, no one would like me for me. Who could possibly love that stinky, ugly little girl? But once you start using winning as your source of love and feeling, like if you don't get first place at something or you're not the best or you're not the prettiest, that your life is over, that's a huge red flag. That's some Freudian shit right there. In my home life, that shit stank. My uterus donor and stepfather were partiers. For God's sake, from four to six, my bedroom was the closet with a dog bed. That was my bed. Which they would lock me in at night while they were doing their thing. And there was this little, <laughs> there was a little bowing in the bottom of the door. And I could remember seeing the TV through it. Hence, I've seen every episode of MASH and Star Trek. And I love both those episodes. But I digress. Let me get back. Um, you'll hear more about them in that period of my life as we go forward. Um, at 20, I had my son. I hid my pregnancy from everyone. I was incredibly fearful of what my family on my dad's side would think down in Texas. I was so embarrassed of my situation. I went separate ways with his father. In hindsight, it was definitely the right thing to do for myself. Abuse comes in a lot of forms, y'all. It's not always bruises or verbal. Some of that shit gets really dark. In my early 20s, I married zero, zero, zero to write about on him. It didn't last. And let's just say he was not a good person. We may or may not revisit that part of my life at some point. Um, After that, spent mid-20s to early 30s with what I believed was the love of my life, whirlwind romance, some Nicholas Sparks shit going on there um, that was all a fraud. Then in my late 30s, the best part of my life came when I met my husband. And literally, he is my person that God meant for me to be with. I met him in his driveway. (laughs) Yes, in his driveway. Truly the greatest gift I could have received. I'll tell you more about that story later too. Along the way, I've made some epic fuck-ups, and I've always fucking owned them. This is what is mind-blowing to me, is when people don't own their shit, right? So no matter how many mistakes I make, I always do. I usually tell myself as I'm trying to fix it. Side note, it's crazy to me the people that have come in and out of my life, though. See, when you're adding to somebody's life, like you have something they need or you have something to give, or in my case, you like to be Captain save all the fucking time, they love you. You're their family. Then when there's nothing left they need from you, 
they will put you down and use your past to crucify you. These are people that will tell you that how much they love you, celebrate the big moments in your life, and then they'll discard you like trash. I totally put the onus for this shit on myself, though. It's another lesson. You teach people how to treat you. We will definitely dig into that in some episodes. And I will totally change names to protect the guilty or the shitty. (sighs) When I talk about darkness, some of y'all aren't even ready to go there. A couple years ago, I headed there in a big way. That same lesson I just mentioned was reoccurring for the thousandth time and I just started spiraling. Got worse and worse and worse. To the point, it was obvious to the few close people around me that something was really, really wrong. It was like the life just got sucked out of me. I mean, what the fuck? I had created a spreadsheet of every account and every password and every school thing for my husband to be able to run everyday life without me. I didn't want to wake up. And you don't have to be at that point, you guys, to know something is wrong. You can be sitting at that job that you think is so great and just feel it in your gut that something is off. At that moment you feel that, I sure hope y'all listen to it. So I've realized that you can't numb out the shit stuff. I'll say that again. You cannot numb out the shit stuff. You could be doing this with alcohol, Netflix binging, food, shopping, procrastination. There are so many options here for numbing mechanisms. None of it works, by the way. I know, I've tried. One of the best things I ever did was put myself into years of cognitive therapy. Such an amazing journey. I just wished I had not taken a break because I thought I was fixed after three years. There's no such thing as being fixed. Now at 45 and on the other side of menopause, while being diagnosed with a hormonal AI, I am a preacher of the therapy experience. I am on the other side of my dark side and I intend to share all the good and bad in an effort to see things through eye-opening lessons that I have learned, you know, maybe head off some of those dark times for others. Okay, let's go back to the podcast. The name of it is interesting, right? (laughs) Here's the real story of where it came from. So one day while I was sitting on the toilet, which is where some of my most genius ideas are born, by the way. The title just came to me. I wish someone would. Now, at first sound, that sounds spicy. It sounds like something from Real Housewives, which I'm totally addicted to, by the way. Um, It's more of, though, it's not. It's not spicy at all. It's more of a, I wish someone would have taught me what grace even was. I thought it was a name. Or I wish someone would have told me I have to love me and be my own best friend first before I can ask or expect someone else to do those two things. And trust. I pondered a long time on how to get the circus of thoughts and words out of my head and out to the world. You will quickly learn that I am all about empowering women to do whatever the fuck it is they want to do and not what their grandma said they had to do. So spoiler alert for some of you. Save yourself the time and the agony and just don't follow anyone else. Only follow you. Don't follow Susan's dreams, Susan's visions. 
They're not yours, sis. It never works when you do that. You will not be happy and it will cost you a lot more in extra therapy. Up until this year, I've always been worried about what I post, what I say, what I share, how it might offend someone, was it appropriate, which is such bullshit because how can you be genuine if you're not changing who you are and being genuinely yourself? What you see is what you get with me at this point in my life. Bras and pants, always optional. Most days, bra never makes it onto my body. And my water cup at rugby tourneys, trust, it's probably got wine in it. I am so ecstatic to do this. Ah, It's almost surreal, you guys. And I hope you've enjoyed this first episode with me just giving you a little bit of the 411 on what it's going to be about and letting me word vomit all about me to you. Like, that was probably be the best description of my life at this point. She word vomits all the time. There's going to be so much more of that to come. I hope you tune in next week. You guys can follow me. And if there's a lesson that you want to hear more about or you have something to say, feel free to reach out to me. I'm all ears. And in the meantime, I hope that each of you shows up for yourself and close up because that is the best feeling in the world when you go and you do things for yourself and you feel accomplished. Have a great rest of your weekend, you guys.